the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Happy Monday. Glad to have you guys here with me. It's not just any Monday, though. Tonight is actually the 78th anniversary of D-Day. And y'all know I love me, my military, my heroes. I am the daughter of two Marines. And in fact, I've got two amazing Marines on the show tonight to break everything down for you guys. The one and only gunnery sergeant, Jesse Jane Duff, is going to be here to weigh in on all the hot topics of the day, including the fact that tomorrow... Tomorrow is the big Hollywood production of the January 6th committee bringing it to and they're bringing it to you prime time. And JJD, Jesse Jane Duff, will be here to share with you her thoughts from a military standpoint in, in regards to commemorating D-Day tonight, as well as from a military perspective, everything that's happening here. Is this what our military fought and died for? JJD will be here to share with you her thoughts on that. Later on, we've got uh, my favorite megaphone Marine, Cordy Lee Williams, who's running for office here. He's running for Senate in the state of California. He's going to be here to talk about his race. And so we will be spending some time tonight talking to you all about the California primaries that are happening tomorrow. Is, Is tomorrow going to be a MAGA day in California? Or is it going to be a lot of squish? So y'all know that Cordy Lee Williams is anything but squish. So you're definitely going to want to stay tuned to hear that and all the other um, details on the primaries. In fact, we've got a voter guide for you guys. I agree with the Freedom Revival folks, and I'm actually going to be reading to you straight off of their freedom-loving candidate voter guide. And, you know, these are these are people, if you're not familiar with Freedom Revival, these are people here uh, from San Diego and all across uh, California who share all of your MAGA conservative views and your MAGA America first, uh, make America great again policies, positions and principles. So lots to share with you guys tonight, including the we will get to the shocking story that came out of Texas. If you're not familiar with that, stay tuned uh, for that, as well as. Uh, the uh, latest poll numbers on the economy. Before I go any further, though, I got to bring in my brother. It's DJ Potato Skins. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. That's it. We ain't got no clever Lots clip. going on behind the scenes. A uh, lot's going on. All right. He's too busy making the sausage to share with you guys a clever audio clip from him. Um, today is D-Day. And for those of you who I, I know, I know all of y'all out there in my audience know exactly what D-Day was about. It was the largest amphibious invasion in the history of warfare. It was um, just to give you a little brief overview and on the stats of D-Day. It was codenamed Operation Overlord. The Allies used over 5,000 ships and landing craft to land more than 150,000 troops on the five beaches in Normandy. Um, the the and this is coming from the history. This is from iwm.org. dot dot uh, hashtag forward slash history. The ten things you need to know about D Day, and I'm going to be sharing some of these through throughout tonight's show. I found it shocking today that I think this is the first time as an American that my U.S. government did nothing in in um, 
celebratory in in official capacity of celebrating not celebrating but commemorating the amazing heroism the shocking completion and implementation of the greatest strategic military onslaught that the world has ever seen and it sparked the ending of the war it first it was d-day then it became v-day which was victory in europe and it was a part of bringing an end to the fascism and the Nazism. And it is something that uh, uh, one of America's greatest achievements in, in the world and, and as, as a nation. And so uh, we commemorate. We thank all of those from that time, the greatest generation. There's not many of them left from World War II. And if you are listening and if you are a veteran of World War II, if you have a family that was, um, we commemorate you. We commemorate you and we commemorate them and we thank you for your service. And and I and I think it's an important day. It, it's interesting how D Day and the anniversary of D Day and this historical day fell on a fell on a day in which, or on a week, I guess I should say, in which it's never been more striking to me that everything that our military heroes fought for, particularly in World War II, is on the brink of being lost forever in this country. And I don't say that lightly, and I don't think it's being hyperbolic. There's a movement on the part of the left, and they've made a lot of gains in terms of taking this country from everything that those heroes valiantly fought for in order to transform it into a fascistic, totalitarian, authoritarian nation. And I want to play a clip for you from Eric Holder. And I know all y'all out there can't stand Eric Holder. I know that he was an attorney general that was held in contempt of court and never and never spent a day. I know I'm well aware that Peter Navarro was dragged, frog-marched, and stuck in John Hinckley's cell like he had actually done something wrong, like he had actually committed a crime when he stood for presidential privilege, when in the meantime, Eric Holder never spent a day behind bars, right? I am aware of all of his attempts to obstruct justice with Fast and the Furious and, and all the rest of it. But I think this clip is really important for you as we set the stage to have a conversation with JJD about... Uh, Jesse Jane Duff about D-Day as we set the stage to talk about this sham Hollywood show that they're preparing to shove on us tomorrow night on January uh, regarding January 6th, whether we're talking about all the other egregious things happening in our country from the economic destruction that they are intentionally waging on us, as well as the cultural issues like what they're doing to our children. I think it's important. to. I, I thought this one clip kind of really uh, kind of um, almost it summarized kind of the entire movement and the gaslighting that's being done by the left. And so, um, Skins, if you will play clip nine. Yeah, we are in danger of slipping into uh, what I would call a, a political apartheid system where a minority of the people in this country uh, will have disproportionate amounts of power and be able to put in place things that are not supported by the majority. Well, again, let's very, very let's say concrete about this. Um, it, it appears that the Supreme Court is about to overrule um, the Roe versus um, Wade decision, something that in every state, if you go state by state, even in the most conservative of states, uh, people are against. Now, the margins are different in New York as opposed to, say, Texas or, or Oklahoma. And yet the minority will be represented by the majority that was put, put on the Supreme Court by two presidents who did not win the majority of, of the vote because of our electoral college, uh, will have the ability to foist on the nation um, a, a policy with regard to reproductive rights that is not supported by the people 
of this country. And you see it in a, in a whole range of other issues, gun safety, we, we talked about that, criminal justice reform, a, a whole range of things that uh, where the American people are, are essentially together, 60% in some instances, 80, 90%, as I said, with regard to background checks, and yet we don't see our laws, our regulations, our policies uh, reflective of what in a lot of places is consensus on the part of the American people. Yeah, we are a divided nation right now, but we are a lot more together um, th than people, um, I think, recognize. And we could be a lot more together if we had uh, a political system that reflected the will of the, uh, of the majority. I don't think he's a particularly skilled attorney. Um, however, I do think I, I think his greatest skill was protecting Barack Obama. Boys in the hood. Right. Um, to use a reference. But listen to what he's saying here. Uh, basically, what he what he's he's pretending. Of course, we know the Democrats are always guilty of what they accuse the Republican Party of doing. So, first of all, he's trying to he's trying to accuse the Republican Party of putting of pushing agenda items and pushing policies that are the minority. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, first of all, and he's using SCOTUS and the Roe v. Wade argument to put forth of that, trying to allege that the majority of the people want uh, Roe v. Wade to stay intact. A couple of things here. First of all, that's that has nothing at all to do with what SCOTUS at, and and by the way, SCOTUS has punted. They released several decisions today. They're still refusing to release the decision about Dobbs and overturning Roe v. Wade. Um, shame on you cowards. You think about D-Day, right? And the courage that took place on the beaches of, of the five beaches over in France, right? And then you think of the cowardice involved with nine people in black robes that six months later are too scared and cowering to the mob, too scared to release a dang decision. Do your jobs. But what SCOTUS is really about and what should happen with overturning Roe v. Wade is that it should overturn exactly what Eric Holder is pretending that the Republican Party is trying to do. It should overturn what the Democrats did, which is take a minority position and force it on the party of the American people through a centralized process using the Supreme Court. It's the Democrats that are trying to shove their minority views on the rest of this country. Case in point, children. I've got a story to share with you guys later out of Texas. But the vast majority of the American people do not want little four-year-olds to have teachers shoving their perverted ideas on them in a classroom and trying to get them onto puberty blockers. It's the Democrat Party that is trying to centralize, push their major minority views on the American people through a centralized system of power, and they would love it to be through the Supreme Court. They want to pack the Supreme Court, add to the numbers so that they can take your guns away, th away from you and have it solidified through the Supreme Court, and then it's done, and your Second Amendment rights are taken away from you. What Roe v. Wade would do would give the power back to the people. They don't want the power to be with the people. That's why they want to abolish the Electoral College. Everything that Eric Holder is accusing the, the Republican Party of is what the Democrat Party is about. And he's despicable enough to refer to the Republican Party as trying to implement a system of apartheid. Talk about a dog, we, uh, a dog whistle. This man is a racist and he's a communist and he needs to be called out. But of course... He's talking to an echo chamber on MSNBC, but I feel like it's I felt like this clip from him kind of encapsulates everything that the Democrat Party's about and everything that our heroes on D-Day and since before and since all of our heroes at every battlefield out there. What they fought for, they fought for the freedoms, for individual liberty, individual freedom, the right to speak freely. The right, uh, the right for the system to remain intact. We are not a democracy, and that's what the Democrats want. 
because they want to flood. They want to flood the big cities with our open border. We have the largest migrant caravan in the history on its way north. There's a reason why they wanted to open the borders so that they could flood the cities, increase the majorities, and then get rid of the Electoral College. They want to abolish this amazing experiment of America that relies on us being a republic of states and that our elections at the presidential level are based on the Electoral College. I'm going to take a break. When I come back, we're going to bring in Jesse Jane Duff and have her weigh in. She's my favorite gunnery sergeant. She's also co-chair of Women for Trump, and she will be here to share her always unique and exciting perspective. So don't go anywhere. This is the Andrea K. Show on AIM 1170. The Answer is San Diego. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Streaming now on the Answer San Diego app and odyssey.com. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Super excited to have you guys with me. I tell you who gets me excited every time she comes on the show. And it's my buddy, Jesse Jane Duff, Gunnery Sergeant Jesse Jane Duff. And today, this being D-Day, I was thinking today, who should I invite on the show? Should I should I even invite anybody on the show to sit and yammer at y'all myself? And then I thought, you know what? It's D-Day. One of the most important days that we should be commemorating as a nation in particular, not just because we love our military and we, we recognize and we pay homage to those that, that sacrifice so much for our freedoms and the freedoms of, the, of everyone around the world, but particularly given the fact of how our freedoms are in such peril right now. And I thought, I know who to invite on. I got to invite on my girl, Jesse Jane Duff, gunnery sergeant, co-chair of Women for Trump, and I'm always honored. And she joins me now. Hello, JJD. Thank you for being here well thank you so much andrea for inviting me um, it is it, it really is a historical day that uh, very few americans really recognize or realize how phenomenal the event was that there on the beaches of normandy uh, on the coast the germans woke up to look out and see seven thousand ships nothing like that had ever been done in the history of the world it weren't, weren't just Americans. It was also our allies, mm-hmm. a demonstration of force. And they were going to decide, they decided the operation would be to attack that beach because the Germans had basically buckled down and it was a sense that it was really fortified. And when the colonel of the first regiment that was to go in was asked, well, what, if, what, what will you do if they don't survive? And he named every armored unit or regiment or battalion that was behind him that would follow. Wow. He knew that they would not survive, but he could name every single unit that would come after him. And he basically said, some will not live, many will die, but someone will succeed. And that's essentially exactly what happened. And three years ago, on the 75th anniversary, we were so fortunate to have President Trump go to Normandy mm-hmm. and talk about this incredible experience. And he brought the humanity to it. There was a man there who had already had two Purple Hearts in Africa, had already been wounded himself before, mm-hmm. and he now was in that first wave with his brother. And over 30-some-odd men died on their little 
craft and only six survived. And he woke up in a hospital and he looked over to the bed next to him and who was there but his brother Mm. of the two that lived. And, And President Trump honored that man. He was still alive on the 75th anniversary, although the brother had since deceased. So when you think about we have never seen a naval operation like that. Um, the amount of armament and the amount of the death toll, over 6,000 Americans were injured or wounded or killed, I should say, um, all in just that battle. Mm-hmm. That's not even counting Iwo Jima, uh, the fall of Saipan. Many other battles follow here in the Pacific. Uh, there's many historical battles that go on in the Pacific that many people don't know any, much about that the Marines were fighting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but this D-Day was just such an incredible act of valor for so many who died for their brother, their mother, whomever, uh, the stranger that they would never meet. Well, you know, I'm sitting here getting choked up because I'm thinking of uh, how can you not be so proud of this country and proud to be a, a, an American knowing what our military has done. If not, if for nothing else, what we did on D-Day and I actually watched a documentary recently about it and learned a whole lot about leading up to it and how they did this whole phony plan that they yeah. put out there to try to, to try to, you know, make the enemy to throw them off track. I mean, the brilliance that went behind the planning of this, as well as the, 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 the false, you know, flag, if you will, uh, you know, to yeah. the enemy was just absolutely extraordinary. And I've got chill bumps thinking about it. And it just makes me sad. The kids today in our schools are being taught all this CRT crap instead of being taught the truth about this country and about how, um, like General Bob Scales told me one time, if you look at all the world's strife since the United States began, the solution has always come with a member of the United States military walking the streets in uniform. And that's just so true, Jesse Jane Duff, isn't it? Oh, it's it's incredible what our nation has done for the entire world. And it's unfortunate that we're also scarred with things that we probably shouldn't have been involved in that caused a lot of human life to be destroyed, including Americans. Mm-hmm. And I think many of us are facing the the comprehension of a 20-year war. Yes. How many died in Afghanistan? How many times did we win in Iraq? We pull out and go back, pull out and go back. How Barack Obama had, this, you know, said that ISIS was just the JV team. But he got that from Secretary Lloyd Austin, who is now the Secretary of Defense, Mm -hmm. who was such an incompetent general. Everything about what he had advised Obama was a disaster, and yet now he's the Secretary of Defense. And it's brought the reality that on D-Day, over 6,000, it was just under 7,000 Americans were killed or wounded. And that's just the Americans, not even counting the allies. I mean, Mm -hmm. these are just Google searches away. We're talking insurmountable death toll. Mm-hmm. And when you add in the German loss of life, when you add in the allies, how in the world could we have gone and repeated so many of these same things where needless death mm-hmm. in efforts that did not change much? You know, now we have Iran that has essentially influenced all of Iraq. We now have uh, ISIS starting to fight the Taliban. I don't know that anything in Syria has gotten resolved. We had destroyed uh, the general from Iran that was killing so many U.S. Uh, soldiers and the Marines. 
We had to Soleimani. You talking about Soleimani? Yeah, Soleimani. Yeah, Soleimani. Yeah. And then we killed the leader of ISIS. Uh, we found him, but yet we get such incompetence back in our own leadership that is just rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. It's almost like you hit a mole and they pop up in another hole. So I would never say that you turn the other cheek. I would say that you finish what you start mm-hmm. and you don't extend it for the profit of anyone. We're talking. No to, one should be profiting off the bloodshed right. of our Americans. Not uh, at this point. No, we're talking to Jesse Jane Duff, Gunnery Sergeant Jesse Jane Duff, co-chair of Women for Trump. Um, yeah, and and what concerns me, and and by the way, we still honor. You can support the military even if you don't necessarily honor the mission or think that we're there for the right reasons or that we don't have. We haven't de- declared the, the uh, definition of a win, which was part of the problem I had with Iraq and Afghanistan. Don't commit troops if you can't clearly identify what the mission is and what a win's going to look like. But that doesn't mean that we don't support all the men and women who um, were a part of those engagements. And I think one of the things that Trump did was that was so great was it was a reminder that just because we have the troops, just because because we can doesn't mean we should. And we need to we need to be very careful before we get involved in something and make sure that it is that we do have an interest in it and yep. that and and that we know what a win looks like and that our rules of engagement need to put our put put our military men and women first. Um, in terms of leadership in in the DOD, it's distressing because we see how politicized the uh, lower uh, chain of command is and how it's becoming and it's just a way it's almost like the uh, schools and universities that are churning out little socialist soldiers for the state. You know, we see West Point. I've I've got, you know, uh, someone dear to me at Annapolis, and it's not the same military that it used to be. I want to talk for a minute, though, about um, our our military's mission, which is supposed to be about killing all the bad guys and the enemies around the world. But it's really more about the idea is that that happens to protect freedoms. The freedoms abroad and to stop fascism and Nazism and, and uh, you know, communism and all of that um, fighting for our freedoms. I'm seeing those same freedoms. You know, the, the Democrats are seeking to take those away from us every day. Right. You look at this right gun here, control right from the gun control push that's coming on right now. They're saying openly declaring they want it. They want to take our guns away from us and they want to pack the Supreme Court to make it permanent. Tomorrow night, we've got this January 6th. Uh, show and it's literally a show. They've hired a Hollywood director, Jesse J. Duff, it. Hollywood director <laughs> for this primetime prime special. This is this cannot be. We've see we see what they're doing to our children in terms of the CRT and the indoctrination and trying to recruit them into trans and all of that stuff. I, I, I can't speak for the military. I'm the daughter of two Marines, but I didn't wear the uniform myself. Can is this what uh, this cannot be? What our military have fought and died for. No, and it's not. And the election is tomorrow right here in California. Mm -hmm. I happen to be up in Sacramento. And I would just dare to say, I said to my mother, I said, when I came back, I said, I don't recognize this place anymore. It's not the California I had left when I joined the Marines. And when I'm up here in Sacramento seeing the rampant homeless problem, um, which is a combined set of issues, it's not just blanket homelessness. You're talking everything from mental health, drug addiction, uh, economic hardship, everything under the sun. Every person has a different story. But how did it get so bad where camps are every single turn you take underneath every overpass? 
uh, certain neighborhoods that have become oversaturated. This isn't the California that I grew up in. How did the public education get to where it is? And I would just say we have seen some glimmers of hopes where now that even the Democrats are throwing out their own Democrats. We saw that in the school board in San Francisco. We're seeing that they're going after Gascon down in Los Angeles now. We have an opportunity to see an election of a uh, attorney general that can go after the DAs that are abusing and taking advantage of uh, the laws. Up here in Sacramento, there was a shooting about four weeks ago outside of a nightclub. And the guy that had done the shooting had just gotten released from jail early for a violent crime. He had been an aggressively abusive man who had grabbed the hair of his girlfriend and beat her um, within her life. And he was let out of prison early just a few months ago. In fact, he had claimed that he was abused by some um, the jailers. Um, and he got he said he got a lawsuit paid out. So here he is then the next as soon as he's free, he's in Sacramento shooting up the place and how many people died down there in Sacramento? It's like you can't even count. And California has the highest rate of these gun uh violent gun events with gang members and criminals. Uh, they, they don't call them mass shootings, but the death toll turns out to be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have the highest rate of it. And yet we have the strictest laws in place. In fact, everything that Joe Biden has proposed is already intact in California. So you take Chicago that has some of the strictest laws. You take California. You take all of these little left-wing havens that are supposed to be quote-unquote gun-free zones, and the criminals are just running rampant because they have no fear. They know that nobody can defend themselves. In fact, the shooting that just happened up in Philadelphia was a gun-free area. Mm -hmm. Every single location that you see them acting out is when they know that people cannot defend themselves. So going back to what our military has done, the United States Marine Corps, the Air Force, and the Space Force all put out pride tweets, which really disturbed me, <sighs> uh, not because I have any issue with anybody being homosexual or lesbian. It doesn't, that that's irrelevant to me. But the message was, it happened where you saw the Marine Corps cover, I'm sorry, a, a Kevlar helmet, mm-hmm. which is a camouflage-covered helmet with rainbow bullets on the back. And I thought it was just mocking our readiness. Mm-hmm. I got to go on Newsmax to discuss it. And I get laid it out very simply so nobody could ever say I'm a bigot or a homophobe. I said everybody knows lesbians and uh, gays have been serving in the United States military since the beginning of time, number mm-hmm. one. Number two, Gay Pride Month of June was implemented by uh, Clinton briefly, but also Barack Obama. Why now? Why now? Because now it's a political statement to go along with the corporate left that's trying to market it. said, but what does this have to do? with the successful mission of the military. What does it have to do? The Marine Corps' very tweet says that they promote diversity and equality and will treat all people with dignity and respect. And I called them out on national television and I said, well, when did you stop? So you're only going to treat people with dignity and respect in June? Because I (laughs) dare to say when I was on active duty, we had gay and lesbian Marines that nobody gave a hoot about, but it was about uniformity, mm-hmm. unit cohesion, not segregating or separating anybody by their sexual preference. Right. We are now glamorizing sexual preference. Do people even understand when you're on active duty, you don't even hold hands when you're in uniform? So what is this really about? Because 
when you have Black History Month, Hispanic Heritage Month, Asian Pacific Heritage Month, um, Native American History Month, and Women's History Month, all five of those, I was part of commands that put out messages to our Marines and sailors that we were going to commemorate those heroes that were the first in their fields to do many things that were of historical accomplishments. And I called this out right there on Newsmax when I said, when you look at the tweets of these three forces, it had nothing to do with the accomplishments. Mm-mm. Nothing. To say that rainbow bullets are going to be a greater threat to the enemy is just making us look laughable. Anybody gay or lesbian knows this. And they know that when we all have to unite to take that hill, nobody cares about your sexuality. So why now are we separating by sexuality? It's supposed to be about uniformity. It's supposed to be about uniformity. That's the whole point. That's the whole point why everybody's head shaved and everybody has to give up their civilian clothes and wear the uniform because it's all about uniformity. It's not so why why are you focusing on And we do have a ship that is named after a gay man, Harvey Milk. So if we were to commemorate gays and lesbians, then why aren't we doing it in the same historical context in which we do for every one of the other heritage months? No, this became a rainbow display. Yeah, I just don't to do with readiness. I just don't even understand why, first of all, there's any focus on anything that divides us. And second of all, uh, you know, if it's if it doesn't prepare you to shoot the enemy between the eyes or take a hill, what's the point? I'm not interested. And, you know, um, and and also, um, I'm just I'm baffled why, you know, we're talking about who people have sex with. Why in the world is the military putting their it's focus on who on people right. who have why? Ha, why that is absolutely nothing and and it's just it's disturbing to me but that that there was a time in which our department of defense was our last institution that hadn't been politicized and so I'm concerned no more no more and it's all no been more. politicized and um but we still celebrate the the military we still know that it's an all volunteer force and you know what uh, they they literally volunteer uh, to give up their lives if need be on on part of their country. I don't think that any of them. I know that my dad, who's not with us anymore, I know that he didn't fight and risk his life um, for what's going on in this country. For them to try to uh, for them to have American citizens thrown into a gulag and denied bail like January six. Um, and or for for politics, I know that he didn't. I know that when he joined the Marines back at the age of seventeen, it it wasn't so um, the U.S. government could defy the Second Amendment and take our guns away from us. And I know he certainly. But that's not- why we all have to stop. We have to stop them. We have to unite. Those are there's more of us than there are of them. We have tried to be quiet so that we could go along to get along, but we can do that no more. As I said, tomorrow is election day in quite a big part of this country, and elections have consequences, as Rahm Emanuel and Barack Obama and all of the rest of them wanted to say. So let's give them some consequences. It's very important that we put in place leaders that will reverse the damage of Mm -hmm. Joe Biden. And I dare to say in 2025, uh, when the president, Trump, goes back into the White House on January 20th, he, I dare to say he should sign 35, 40, 50. How many executive orders were signed by a president on his first week within when he came in to office and reverse every single one of them and let's get back on track? Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of time. 
but it doesn't take long to get things back straight. It won't take long to make us energy independent again. It will not take long to bring manufacturing back because we know what we're doing. And President Trump is the only man that has the courage and the wherewithal and the cojones, I would say, to do it. People continually tell me, well, DeSantis, I said, look, you don't take somebody who's doing something successful who we could have as an, and another round. You got to keep Florida straight. You got to keep Texas straight. You got to have these solid governors in place. You have to keep what you've got. President Trump started this battle with the left, and he's the only one who knows how to manhandle this alligator and is fearless enough to look him in the eye because guess what? He will have nothing to lose. They already tried to impeach him. This will be his last term, and he can turn this around, and he's willing to turn it around, and then you can have a DeSantis or someone else walk in and have smooth sailing. But I don't need to see another look. I supported George Bush. Let's pretend all the last five mm. years haven't happened. I don't need to see another George Bush who walks in and no. negotiates and We're hands everything yeah. over to the Democrats because they ran right over us with that. Yeah. Every time that he was tried to be a good guy they ran over him now he's changed into something i don't recognize today but back when he was my commander-in-chief i was very proud to serve under him little did i know because i didn't have a crystal ball on how many people profited off the wars how high the death toll would go who would have envisioned 20 years later we would have still been in afghanistan and had nothing to show for it let alone i don't like mission creep i wasn't promoting that we stay there but we should have kept our air base bagram air base as trump had wanted to but now we got the chinese sitting over there because they is a wealth of resources in Afghanistan, and we've lost all our leverage to be there. So here we are. But it's all reversible. It's and with all reversible. Faith in God and Jesus Christ, we know, we know that we can do what we need to do because we have the spirit to fight for it. And we do. And fight you have and fight you continue to do. And Jesse Jane Duff, thank you so much for being here, my dear one. We appreciate well, you so you, much. Thank you, everybody. And remember those that serve and died for our freedom. Absolutely. All right. Now, y'all stay tuned. We got more Andrea K. Show coming up on the other side of the break. Yeah, wait till you hear the Democrats tell you why tomorrow's January 6th committee, why that presentation is far more important than any of the economic suffering you got going on right now. Stay tuned for that. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. New polling out, ABC Ipsos poll came out today. Currently... Thirty-seven percent approve of Biden's handling of the economic recovery. Uh, this rating is in line with views from the past few months, but it represents a sixteen percentage point decline from nearly a year ago. Only a quarter approve of Biden's handling of the inflation of inflation twenty-eight percent and gas prices twenty-seven percent. I want to know who the twenty-eight percent that like how he's handling it. It's got to be the Stephen Colbert's of the world, right? Those that can afford like the Teslas. Or the limousine liberals. Um, more bad news for Biden and, and the Democrats in this ABC Ipsos poll is that two in five Americans say they're very enthusiastic to vote in November. Now, that's unchanged. But who has the enthusiasm? Because that's really the number that matters when we're looking at midterms, uh, midterm elections. And Republicans hold a significant advantage in voting enthusiasm. 57% say they are very enthusiastic. Um, among those who are most enthusiastic, 66% say the economy will be extremely important in their vote. Um, in fact, I think there was a, um, I don't see here. They're not showing us who, what, they didn't ask the question apparently, like what was your number one issue, but clearly when um, 62% say the same about inflation, be extremely important 
uh, in their vote. Uh, far fewer of um, the most enthusiastic, 27%, say that the coronavirus pandemic, only 27%, in other words, the wording here is weird, um, but only 27% say the coronavirus pandemic will be extremely important. It could be because there's no pandemic. So they know that what is this January 6th thing about tomorrow night? Is it really about that they really think that our democracy is at stake or are they looking for a way? They're looking for a way to get the American people to stop focusing on the economy. Well, you don't need to hear it from me. Uh, Skins, can you play clip five, please? Clip what? Clip five. The biggest challenge for lawmakers here as they talk about these sort of huge ideas of American democracy and sort of the experiment that we're all living and benefiting from possibly being brought to his knees is whether or not they can make people care, Andrea. There are so many things that people are juggling between gas prices and inflation, baby formula, abortion and and the shootings that are happening These lawmakers are going to try to now have a narrative to focus the country's attention to say, look at this thing. Do not turn away and understand that while all those other things are really, really important, the foundation of our country, what makes our country function is a democracy that we have to protect. And they're going to have to do that in the face of Republicans who are lying still about the 2020 (laughs) election and who are getting elected and installing people who have um, the really motivations that were that were what happened and, and why people broke into the Capitol in the first place. Bazinga. There it is. They're not even trying to hide that with this January 6th committee and this big Hollywood production tomorrow night. They're trying to rival uh, Bruckheimer, right? Isn't that his name? Mr. Top Gun Maverick producer. They're trying to rival Top Gun tomorrow, bringing in some some big bad Hollywood director, right? And it's all to do what? Exactly what this gal just said. They know that they're bleeding out. They know that what 27% of Americans think Biden's doing a good job on the inflation, and that's their number one issue. So how did she put it? She said, we now have a narrative to try to focus the country's attention to say, look at this thing. Look at this. Don't pay attention to the fact you ain't got any formula to feed your baby. <laughs> Forget about that. What, you're, you're, you've been paying your bills driving an Uber and now um, you're jacked and you can't afford the $8 a gallon of gas? Or, or if you're living someplace not in California, oh, you got it easy. It's $6 a gallon of gas. Oh, forget about that. Let's focus on January 6th and what happened on January 6th. But it's also important to note what she says at the, at the end, um, which is uh, to, about Republicans lying still about the 2020 election as well as getting uh, installing people who have the motivation, who have the really motivation that I can't what she's trying to say here. I'm not going to try to read it because it doesn't make any sense. She's quite inarticulate, but basically saying that we're electing people that want to do what happened on January 6th all over again. And all that, you know what that says to me? That we're absolutely right. This January 6th committee was about covering up what happened in the 2020 election and trying to assert that anybody that questions the outcome of that election is an insurrectionist. And every bit of this has been from start to finish, start until tomorrow night, big Hollywood production, and also make no mistake about it, that they chose primary day in which to make this big Hollywood production. This is all about gaslighting the American people, smearing 75 million Trump voters as insurrectionists and domestic terrorists. But you know who's not going to have any of it? The megaphone Marine, Cordy Lee Williams. We're going to take a skinny, tiny little break. And he is running for Senate. He's one of these people that's, that's about to be installed that they're so scared of. And we're going to hear from him and his Senate race 
on the eve of the election, the primary election tomorrow. So stay tuned. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170 Dancer, San Diego. Andrea K., the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show, and welcoming him back to our show is my favorite megaphone Marine who's running for Senate here in this great state, or formerly great state of California. But he aims to not just make California great again, but also make America great again. He is a MAGA candidate through and through. It's Cordy D. Williams here on the eve of the primary. Hello, my dear. Thanks for being back. Yeah, thanks for having me, Andrea. Um, as always, thanks for changing America and changing California. And um, I'm so happy to be on. I really appreciate you. Well, appreciate you, man. I, you know, I've been lecturing people. we got to get in the game. We can't just sit around yammering and complaining about the issues. We've got to actually get active. And whether you're somebody that goes to these school board meetings and pushes back on behalf of, of children or whether you're somebody who's going to be a poll watcher tomorrow. And I know lots of people are going to be working on that, whether you just writing checks and helping people run for office, it's all great, but throwing your hat in a ring and being willing to go on a campaign is some tough duty, but taking on a tough mission and a call of duty is something you're familiar with. Now tell everybody about your campaign and how, how you're feeling the night before and what you want people to focus on. Well, I want people to focus on um, not red or blue, not not parties anymore. I think we have to get outside of the divisiveness that the media has created. You know, everybody wants to blame Donald Trump for the divisiveness and the CNNs, the MSNBCs. And, you know, even at times Fox News. I mean, you, you have all these these mass networks um, that don't really want to report truth. They want to report, uh, you know, one one sided narratives or na- narratives that are twisted. And then they. They, they choose, they pick and choose what they want to report. And so, you know, I think we've got to get outside of red or blue and Biden or Trump and race and gender and focus on our kids and focus on the Constitution. Because um, it's like I said last week, you know, it's we all want to raise our kids in love the way we see fit, not the way big government sees fit. And thank God for people like you, Andrea, that are that are reporting facts. Well, thank you. Um, you know, for me, you know, I always say on my show, I don't, I don't represent party or Paul. I represent ideas. And really what I, what I represent and what I care about is the great idea, the experiment that was the United States of America and the constitution on which it was founded. The idea that our rights come from God, not from man, that we are a constant, we are a republic of states. We're not a democracy. Right. And my First Amendment rights has always been the most important right to me because um, it's, you know, it's the right that protects all others, in my opinion, because if they can control the message, they can control minds and the outcome of elections. They can they can convince people of anything. You look at, um, you know, Pravda and the old USSR or NOCO. I had a good friend of mine who moved here from Ukraine years ago and said the first thing that struck her was when she came here was she couldn't believe how stocked the shelves were because she had been told as a kid that, oh, those poor Americans, they're so poor. So when you can control the flow of information, you can convince people of anything. And I look at, you know, we we have a we have a tough road to hoe here to take our country back. And we're pretty far gone. And the good news, though, is that you're right. It's not about red or, or, or blue anymore. It's about the fact, for example, the vast majority of the American people do not want children to be recruited into or to be preyed upon in schools regarding transgenderism. The majority of the American people um, don't want our border secured. The majority of the American people want us to be energy independent. And they get the fact that we shouldn't be paying $7 a gallon of gas. Those are things we can all agree on, right? 
Yeah, hundred percent. And I think, you know, what I was thinking as I was listening to Andrea is I think we have to get to the point where we just ask questions and have dialogue. You know, I talked to, I, you know, we were at the Westin, um, Westin Los Angeles, right by LAX airport yesterday, finishing up our seven day uh, road trip that finished up yesterday. And we were having lunch there. And, you know, I had this human to human interaction with probably three different Democrats and we're constantly just having conversations and just talking to people. And, you know, one Democrat I was talking to, you know, he saw the way I interacted with my kids and he said, sir, I normally vote for the other party, but I see the man you are and the Mm. way you treat your kids. And tomorrow I'll be voting for you. And that was so moving, so moving. Um, Because how many times do we not see that? And then another conversation I had literally 15 minutes later was just asking this guy questions. And in asking him questions, he was a Republican. He really didn't know it. And after he would make five talking points that were, and I don't even want to say Republican, I'll just say a constitutionalist. When he mm-hmm. made five points that were like, okay, this isn't really congruent with a party. It's congruent with the Constitution. Then he would go back to like a mainstream media talking point. I'm like, okay, this guy's all over the place. But it was great to ask him questions. And he complimented me at the end on, wow, I don't know if I'm going to vote for you for sure yet or not tomorrow, but I'm going to strongly consider it. And I just thought, man, like God is winning. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that that kind of and I know that you want to make it not not about red or blue or Trump or not. But one of the things I think the reason why Trump did win in 2016 was because he couldn't he didn't fit the labels. That's why so many conservatives didn't want to vote for him because he didn't fit the, you know, into the box of Republican. And that's kind of the way your campaign is. You know, you're just really about America and all. And, 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 you know, the left likes to talk about common sense gun control. Well, you know, really as a constitutionalist and, and like yourself, I mean, it really is common sense. It's common sense that you, you know, you, you that you drill here in America instead of buying oil from and gas from around the rest of the world. We're relying on it. You know, why are we why are we jacking ourselves and raising our gas prices, right? Everybody understands that if you just sit and have a conversation. Same thing about sealing the border. I don't know one person of any stripe, color, age or whatever that thinks it's a good idea to leave the border wide open, right? Um, so it pretty much about where we stand as, as constitutionalists is really common sense, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I think even, you know, like it was funny where the conversation, the, the uh, second gentleman I mentioned, you know, when we got to gun control, we agreed on like five things. And I was like, yeah, if you go on the NRA ILA's site and you look at the stats around gun control. Oh, I don't think that study exists. I'm like, well, it definitely does. I'll show it to you. Right. I didn't say that, but that's what mm-hmm. I was thinking. And he's like, well, there's contrary studies to that. And I'm like, come on, buddy, show me here. Right. And, and right. that's where it was just, there was so much indoctrination where he needs 10 more conversations, with people like us, right. To really start to sway him and diffuse the, the, the propaganda and the gaslighting. I mean, that's really what we're up against. We're not up against bad people. Right. We're just up against people that are confused. Well, it, it's like I said earlier on, uh, that's what happens when you control the message and you're pushing up propaganda instead of facts. Right. And yeah. through the legacy media that we've got as well as as well as through um, social media and, you know, the the disinformation campaign, which is really about uh, stopping people from being able to have all the information they need to make an informed decision. We've got a minute left. Tell everybody why vote Cordy Lee Williams tomorrow. 
Well, I'm the only candidate in this race that will talk about fraud in 2020. I'm the only candidate in this race that is willing to take a stand, and I'm the only candidate in this race that has a solution. When the judiciary and the legislature fails us, that's civil disobedience. I know how to mobilize the masses. I'm an America First candidate. I'm a medical freedom guy. I stand on that life happens at conception, and I believe every parent should control what goes in their kids' brains and what goes in their kids' veins. 44 Senate. Six years full term tomorrow. If you want to vote for me in the short term, you can just write me in and uh, tell 10 family members you know, and let's flood the polls tomorrow. Well, Cordy Lee, God bless you and your family. And I just love you so much in your campaign and everything you're about. And thank you for being here, man. And going to be praying over you tomorrow. Cordy Lee Williams, y'all. Make it happen tomorrow. Thank you. Love you. Thank you for being here. All right, y'all stay tuned because coming up next, we've got a sheriff's candidate here for San Diego County, Jonathan Peck, who's going to be here. That and more on uh, the next hour of the Andrea K. Show. So don't go anywhere. Come on back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.